Yeah, yeah, and no one like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Well, welcome everybody to episode four of the Back of the Net podcast. Back of the Net is an independent website covering football in Australia for more than 10 years. You can find us on the good old internet at www.back of hyphen the hyphen net.com that's back of the net with hyphens in between all the words joining me tonight coming in loud and clear on the skype from sydney is back of the net's editor and driving force chris dunkley welcome chris good evening guys good evening listeners and a more junior member of the team but still somebody with plenty to say for himself it's adrian demack in brisbane hi adrian <laughs> thanks andrew didn't quite get the title but chris got there well, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta earn that over the years, I think. Of course, of course. Um my name's Andrew Demack and so welcome to the pod. In this edition of the Back of the Net podcast, in the preliminary final, Perth take perfect penalties, punishing poor Patrick's painful plundering. Brisbane Roar are like lions in the A League, but pussycats in the Asian Champions League, and mixed mixed blessings for Adelaide and Central Coast in the Asian Champions League as well. And Thomas Broich is Player of the Year, Bessar Barisha is the Golden Boot, Graham Arnold is Coach of the Year, but what does our pod think of the A-League Awards? And of course we're going to look at Sunday's Grand Final, can Brisbane be the first team to win back-to-back A-League Championships? So that's all coming up in the Back of the Net podcast this evening. Okay, it's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast, but uh, plenty's been happening in the world of football in Australia. We're not going to go all the way back to ancient history, but we are going to... Um, have a look at what's happened between between um, when we first when we last talked to you and 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 tonight. Brisbane won through to the grand final with a five-two aggregate against the Premier's Central Coast Mariners over two legs, winning two-nil in Brisbane and three-two in Gosford. And Perth Glory progressed to the preliminary final with a dramatic extra time win over Wellington in Perth. Todd Howard's calm finish well into extra time, taking the Glory into the preliminary final. And so it was on Saturday that uh, Perth made the trip to Gosford to take on the Premier's Central Coast. Might be a slightly painful memory, Chris, but uh, can you take us through what happened? Yes, it was um, a a game that we should have won. Um, I'd say that we had, probably even first half, had the bulk of opportunities in the second half. And it rides for extra time. So what what told in the end, I think, was the uh, great experience of the Perth players when we get to the penalty shootout. I described it in my um, <clears throat> back of the net report as, you know, entering the twilight zone. Anything can happen. Yes, that's um, very true in a penalty shootout. Yeah, I mean, during the game, it was, uh, it was quite an exciting game, a quite interesting game. Um, it's a, the... One... Uh, the corner, the the corner from uh, the right that Adam Crosnick got onto, I thought was uh, was was a good piece of work because they managed to steer the ball right through the, the whole uh, Perth defence. Uh, Travis Stott had a little little go at trapping the ball, but Adam Crosnick right on the spot, as he has done a couple of times this season, just to knock it in at the post, and that that that, that got us on our way, but. Um, you know, only only a very short time later, a bit of controversy, and I suppose the A Legs had lots of controversies around refereeing and particularly assistant refereeing. Mm. Um, when 
Billy Mehmet uh, appeared to be fairly well offside when he received the ball and swung the ball to Shane Smeltz and Smeltz put the ball in the net as he does. Um, probably more even-minded critics than I could say that perhaps Smeltz should have been tracked a bit better. But it is a bit of a worry when we have fairly inexperienced assistants uh, on the line in these fairly high-level games. It, it was... Uh, having looked at it a couple of times in the replay... At at normal speed, it does look like he's offside, pretty to me. But then, if you slow it down and have a look, it's it's a closer call than it first appears because the the fullback on the near side, who I suspect is probably Pedge Bowie, um, is almost in line with with Mehmet when the pass is made. And yeah, you know, it's 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 difficult. And it's it, you know, assistant referee is actually quite a tricky job. I think off offside calls are you know are not that easy. But you know it. it I suppose moving on to the to the rest of the game. Do you think it was? Do you think it was crucial? Is is kind of my question. Of course, because Central Coast lost the lead straight away. It kind of, I think it maybe it was crucial that they lost the lead straight away. But Central Coast still had uh, you know one really really good chance to uh, to to take the game. Well, I mean the penalty missed by Patrick right. Swanswick. Um, you know, there's argument over the penalty too. But yeah, when Steve Pandleides handles anybody, it's pretty obvious that referees are going to possibly uh, give him, give him uh, no benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he really did handle um, Adam Krosnick. Yeah, he had his arms over his shoulder. So, you know, yeah, and if somebody goes to ground in that situation, it, you know, it's pretty much a penalty. But, um, yeah, Central Coast haven't been putting the penalties away all that successfully. No, and, um, I mean, uh, really, the Mariners and... And Kosnick almost himself should have should have put that game away. Yeah. Um, that that we didn't um, and allowed it to go to penalties is, you know, the way the way the the ball rolls, I suppose. And the Mariners can look back on that and say, well, that's where they really lost the game. Yeah. I mean, Adrian, what did, how did you see that one? Oh well, yeah, and missing that penalty was pretty pretty vital. And then pretty much from then on, I think I called Perth in penalties quite early um, in the second half there because um, I just couldn't see Central Coast really really getting through Perth. They didn't look the best that they've, I've seen them play this year. And yeah, Perth were just matching them. Weren't trying to go too hard or go over top, just giving, trying to get up to smelts like they have all year. Um, both, as, as Chris has said, both Kwasnick and in fact down the other end, Shane Smelts had pretty good chances to score. Um, in the last few minutes, but yeah, went to went to penalties and Perth were were perfect. I, it's quite rare in in a penalty shootout for a team to be as good as that. And uh, poor old uh, Michael McGlinchey blew his over the bar, and and that was that. Well, local New South Wales uh, Cup competition. There was nine seven the other day. Wow, <laughs> the penalties. Oh gee, I'd, I'd, who'd be a keeper in that sort of situation? No, anyway. you can't really say much about the keepers. Yep. <laughs> And so, well, I mean, I think what it, what it came down to, and I think this has got some relevance for the grand final, which we'll come to, mm. is just Perth's um, amount of experience in, and big game experience in Perth's side. Yep, when it yep. came to penalties and possibly when it comes to the grand final. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll talk about that a bit later on. And so Perth's dramatic penalty shootout win has put them through to the grand final on Sunday. But before, before we go to that match... We'll take a pause from the rush towards the end of the season to have a short recap because the end-of-season awards were also announced uh, 
the other the other weekend, the Johnny Warren Medal this year went to Thomas Bruage from the Brisbane Roar. There, the the fourth import in a row, I believe, if we're including Shane Smeltz as an import. The any, quick quiz: Who was the last um, Australian player to win the uh, the Johnny Warren Medal? Any was takers it, on that? Was it Archie? Nope. Oh, Chris, Chris, it was Joel Gri- Joel Griffiths. So, uh, the, so there you go. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, so that was in the um, Sackwick era. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, anyway, I um, don't know what that means, but we'll carry on. <laughs> but yes, yeah, since since Joel good. Griffiths in in um, two thousand eight, it's been uh, Smeltz and uh, Marco Flores and. Um, one other import whose name is escaping me at the moment, and then Hernandez? Thomas Bruce. Yes, Carlos Hernandez, of course. I think what that does show that there is some quality imports coming to the game. Mm. So if if they weren't winning them, you'd be asking why are we getting these quality, these imports? Mm. So looking at that from that point of view, um, Thomas Bruce worries me a bit. I think he's a fantastic player, but I don't think he played enough games really. <clears throat> to be able to say this player of the year. Yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? But an, I mean, it's, it's an argument one way or another. So. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, is it voted by by the players themselves? Yes, I believe yeah. this, and so yeah, it seems to me that it's probably reward for his last two years in the A League, and I can't see that he was the outstanding player this year, but um, but maybe there wasn't an was outstanding say, player. Patrick yeah. Sponsoik's had a pretty pretty brilliant year, but it's very rare for defenders to win these sort of awards. So, um. So who else? I mean, who else could have won it this year, really? Apart from apart from Broich and maybe Bessart Barisha. Well, Bessart Barisha couldn't got it because he got suspended, so he's already ah. taken out of that. But yeah, as you said, I don't think there was many standout players really this this season for the full season. Yeah, I think at times you know someone you know Shane Smeltz later in the season, but that was after voting, obviously. Um, yeah, Patrick Swanzike the one who gets tossed around a lot, but yeah, as you said, defenders don't get these awards really. And yeah, uh, also I think it's a season where players have gone on good runs, a bit like their teams, for for, for um, ten or fifteen games, but not the twenty-seven mm. games. And uh, so that even even Patrick um, Sonswick, um, towards the end of the season, fell away a bit with his the quality of his game. Fair enough. And I was interested that um, that Matthew Ryan has come up as Young Footballer of the Year. I think is that his second year in a row, and I, I was wondering if we look around the A League whether there was anybody else. I was pretty impressed with uh, Ellie Babalge from um, from Melbourne Heart, and I'll, I'll you know anybody else for 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 young footballer of the year that you would like to have seen. Uh, not for, sorry, yeah, not for me really. I thought Matt Ryan was is outstanding really, and I haven't seen a youngster better than him in the A League this year really. I think there's been some fantastic young players, but. They haven't really had the game time that, that Matthew Ryan had. Yep. I mean, Matthew Ryan was virtually ever present except for, for possibly one game. <clears throat> so he, he and he was good the whole way through. Uh, I think on that basis, it's it's reasonable. And there's certainly some other very good players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is he is he is certainly a very consistent and outstanding player. So well done to um, well done to him. And uh, coach of the year was Graham Arnold. Uh, w League Player of the Year was Sally Shippard from Cambria United, and that's that's very well deserved. And W League Coach of the Year from Cambria United as well, Yitka Klimkova. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that is a that is a well deserved award. Um, so that's 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 the uh, the 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 awards. Any other comment? Anybody on I know, Coach I know of the Year? Went past, went past the referees of the year. But... <laughs> 
Yeah, well, no. yes, yes. Let, let's let's move along and maybe not touch that one too much. For coach of the year, though, Ricky Herbert might be in with a shout for what he did earlier and, and late with the Wellington Phoenix, at least. Yeah, I think that that he has been uh, a really good uh, getting the most out of the the Phoenix. But you know, the coach of the year, um, Central Coast. Let's not forget, is operating on a much smaller budget than your Melbournes and your Sydneys and even your Brisbanes. And I think to the consistency over over two years of the of the Central Coast Mariners, I think um, Arnie deserves that award. Yep, there's a very young side as well. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and and two key players. Going out, he managed to make adjustments to that. Uh, not necessarily enough adjustment, but he managed to make adjustments for loss of, you know, two very key players in the side. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on then um, to the Asian Champions League. Uh, Brisbane Roar are still equal last in the, in their group alongside Beijing Guan, and looks pretty clear that FC Tokyo and Ulsan Hyundai are the two clubs that will go forward from Group F. They're the two sides, the only two teams that have had wins in, in Group F. And so, Adrian, you and I were there when the Ulsan beat uh, Brisbane 2-1 at Suncorp Stadium on Tuesday night. But really, this game could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have. But Brisbane are, again, you know, struggling to, to get up to the Champions League. Uh, yes, the, they went behind early when uh, Nichols got caught on the ball. And uh, Upeji, I think was the name of the, the Colombian there, um, got onto the ball and made him pay smacking it from about 30 out and had a lot of swerve and beat Theo in the air. Uh, Brisbane continued to, to go up for it and uh, got the equalizer before the break. Uh, Stefano... Rolling a Massimo little chip into the area and trying to get it across in. Uh, it deflected off a defender into the goal. And that it looked pretty good from my angle, actually. It looked straight went straight in. Um, after, after the break, they uh, continued to, to have no luck, really, in the Asian Champions League with uh, Adnan fouling. Um, I'm not sure. I forget his name. But, um, yeah, fouling in the box and going down for a penalty, uh, which was converted then. Uh, so the match had a bit of controversy with a couple of dubious calls by ref and and some other unmentionable play acting by Ulsan Hyundai. But yeah, as Ange said in the post match, Brisbane might have played better, but Ulsan played the game better, which is something that no teams really, no Australian teams at least uh, I've seen, haven't really been able to do in Asia just to convert to that kind of that different game. And different refereeing, I think, is one yeah. of the things that the the the, the uh, well the Brisbane Roar at least aren't quite adjusting to. And it, it was hard to work out what this particular referee was going to blow fouls for and what, what he wasn't. Mm. But certainly, any contact in the area and a player going down, that was going to be a penalty. Um, so, in in the, the press conference, Ange Postacoglu didn't sound all that disappointed. He was fairly philosophical about mm. it. It's been a learning experience for, for Brisbane Roar, and, and hopefully they might get a, a win yet out of playing Beijing. But um, we'll have to wait and see about that. Um, and then, then... It's interesting him talking um, about being being a learning exercise, and you know we'll take take that and move on and see what we can do with it. Yeah. Uh, given given the speculation over his current position. So. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a funny. It's you know, if he's if he is intending to go, it was a funny comment. But he's been very guarded about what his future is. He hasn't um, he hasn't uh, made any sort of statement. So um... he might be talking more collegiate. Collegiately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole club will, will learn and, and go forward. Who knows what's going to happen there? 
And then tonight in um, in Group E, um, Adelaide have held on to, to top spot in Group E. They played the Pohang Steelers in Adelaide tonight, and I think they got home by one goal to nil. Is that right? I, I yep. believe they, they got home. I, I, I was presuming it was one goal. I was watching the other game, of course. So. I think Adrian was looking at this one. Yeah, I watched a bit of it. Uh, I was flicking between the two games, and, and uh, Xiongnam was much more interesting. But yeah, Adelaide did nick it in the 89th minute. Uh, a Bruce a Jitte header. Yeah, a really good goal, actually. Um, Ramsey chip, chipped it for Cassio was streaming down the wing, and Cassio just got onto it on the half volley, got a, a nice ball in to the near post, and Jitte met it and flicked it in. It was a really good goal, but didn't match the rest of the game, really. Um, the first half was really pretty drab, and neither team was really able to uh, to string some good possession through and get some get some good ground. Uh, it was pretty back and forth in midfield, and not, not much was happening. But yeah, um, Xiongnam obviously were, were playing for the draw for that one. They were happy to get the four points out of the two legs. Pohang, you mean? Yeah, Pohang, sorry. My yep, bad. Yep. <laughs> and with, not... with, that, with that Pohang Adelaide game, I only watched the first <clears throat> 30 minutes or so before we switched over. But you, you, you have to comment on uh, Galakovic's uh, save very early on in the game. It was quite yeah. amazing. Yes. Very was... good. Double save almost, except the other one Double... went over the bar. <laughs> He covered for it though. <laughs> so I, I I caught a little bit at the end where um where the, where the fox um guy was interviewing Eugene Glekovic and comment, complimenting on on his save and and also um, asked him why Adelaide were going so well in the Asian Champions League when perhaps the other teams were not going so well. And he said, basically, we get a lot of men behind the ball, yeah. and you know, I <laughs> that's probably a pretty fair way to do it in 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 Asia. Because I mean, obviously, both Brisbane and Central Coast are trying to play these teams on an on an equal footing, and Cent and Brisbane, of course, mm. always commit a lot of men forward and seem to get caught on the break quite often. Yeah, maybe there are smarter ways to play when you're playing um, K League and and J League teams. Yes, what I've been I've been saying is yeah. The, the, playing as a quality team doesn't actually win you in Asia that much. It's more the individual kind of performances on the break that seem to be the ones that both Central Coast and Brisbane are suffering from, really. Like the first goal um, last, last night against Brisbane. I think it's the individuals that really are winning the games in Asia rather than the full team. Well, Central yeah, Coast... And they're able, to, they're able to pay the dollars out to get some... Yeah. You know, a couple of, couple of really brilliant uh, individuals that uh, yeah. make the difference. And we're, we're not able to do that so much. Well, in uh, Xiongnam tonight, uh, Central uh, Coast were were um, sadly destroyed. sadly outclassed by Xiongnam. Was it finished four nil? Five. Oh. It's five nil at the end. Um, the first half was wasn't so bad. Take the first um, thirty eight minutes, <laughs> so bad. Um, and uh, Mariners were adjusting to not having their two wing backs because both uh, Pedro Boic was was rested and. Well, it's Joshua Rose was out suspended. Mm. So they brought in Gallagher, who had come in for Rose in the in the previous game, but oddly played um, Trent McClanahan uh, uh, right on the right side. Uh, I suppose they didn't have a lot of options. Uh, it didn't really work, um, and Gallagher was severely exposed, and I hope he's already signed his contract with uh, Melbourne Victory. <laughs> if they're watching that game, but uh, basically, yeah, the Mariners and uh, you know were, were caught on the break twice just before the half. Um, the two goals were really came from defensive errors, and then in the second half, you know, floodgates opened. 
once they tried to uh, they give them their due. Mariners did try and get back into the game, did try and get back um, on legal terms, but as soon as they did that, um, some of the brilliance of particular Everton Santos, yeah, um, was just too much. Well, it, it's it seems like a, a tough road then for both uh, Central Coast and and for Brisbane Raw. Oh, I really can't see Brisbane Raw getting to the to the to the second stage. But uh, Central Coast, any chance still? Do you think, um, Chris? A mathematical mathematical chance, but that means they've got to, we've got to win um, two weeks' time against at home against Tunisian Tedder, and preferably win quite handsomely. Yeah, and then go away, obviously to uh, Nagoya and try and get something out of that game. Similar story for uh, Brisbane. Something being uh, probably have to be a win, but depending on how Nagoya go against Songnam, so. So who would who would Nagoya playing tonight? They had Tian Teda. Yep, Tian Jin Teda. Yeah, yeah, it was a draw. It was a draw. Okay. Well, so it's a very mixed bag for the Australian teams, and um, we'll obviously be very interested in the in the next round when the East Asian and West Asian conferences seem to get a bit more mixed together. But as far from what I can see, uh, it still seems to me that J League teams seem the the class of the of the competition from what we've seen so far. Um, I don't know what anybody else thinks. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, but um, um, K, K, yeah, K League teams tend to be more workmanlike, mm. uh, and and what um, Adrian was saying, they rely on having one or two of their players start more star players, you know, perform on the night. Mm. Whereas the J League teams generally have been uh, either will either wipe the floor with you because they're just so much quality all the way through the team, as we were a few seasons ago by Kashmir Antlers. Yep. Or, or, or if I have a poor game, you you might get a draw against them, yep. uh, and even squeeze a goal. But um, they don't they don't fall apart. No, that's for certain. Okay, well we, we we'll wait and see how how the uh, the rest of the Asian Champions League plays out. And finally, um, coming up on Sunday is the the grand final for the A League in season seven of the Hyundai A League. Orange Sunday Part Two is what they were calling it, even on the FFA <laughs> site last night, which seems to me to be Slightly biased towards the home team, but uh, looks like the the ticket sales are going very well. They've released the last seven thousand tickets uh, for sale, and so there's at least forty thousand people uh, have 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 tickets ready to 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 be used. Um, yeah, well, a spl- splash of yellow among the orange last time. Yes, you know, crashed a bit. I'm not too sure how purple and orange are going to go together. Well, it's a it's a <laughs> long way to come as well. Tony Sage was saying he's booking an airplane, but one plane. Load will um, will uh, just have fill up a little corner of Suncorp, but hopefully there'll be some took, Perth representation there. We took twelve hundred, but I've heard a figure of around five hundred. That'd be great. It'd be really good. So, what can we see happening in this game, Chris? I'll give you first go at this. <laughs> um, I think it's actually going to be very interesting. I think um, Brisbane need to win it in normal time um, for a couple of reasons. I think. That um, Perth will a very experienced side. They're not they're not flamboyant. Um, if you don't break them down in normal time, you're going to start having some problems. Uh, Raw may tire uh, after their exertions, such as, just as um, Mariners were obviously tonight. And also, I think that um, the, the the big game experience of 
of the Perth players may also tell in the grand final as it did in the um, preliminary final. Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, your Travis Dodds and your Shane Smeltzers and your Jacob Burns. They are very experienced players. Um, and, uh, and the imports are all yeah. possibly possibly or more of the journeyman class than the superstar class, but they're very experienced in, in playing in big leagues and in big games. So, From a, from a Brisbane perspective, so far this season, um, Perth, uh, Perth got us once. I think we had a draw with them in Perth during our during Brisbane's sort of uh, bad spell. But apart from that, the other two times Brisbane's played them, they've accounted for them pretty comfortably. And the game here at uh, at Suncorp in Brisbane, um, uh, Ferguson afterwards, I remember saying he thought that Brisbane were on another, on another planet from his team. So things have certainly turned around for Perth in the in the time since then. But uh, Adrian, how can you see this uh, game playing out? What, what, what do you expect to see? Well, I expect to see Brisbane being Brisbane and, and Perth trying to lob it up to Shane Smeltz. Um, but yeah, as you said, Perth haven't haven't had a good run against Brisbane the whole A-League, really. I think the head-to-head's something ridiculous, like 21 played and Brisbane have won 14 of them or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough ask for Perth, really. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, they have to get it done in, uh, in regular time. Uh, I think Perth are, are pretty dangerous once you get back to, into penalties and even into extra time as well. But with you know Broish and, and and to the two wing wingers, I think um, Stefanito and Franich are also going to be really important. I think getting that width against Perth, who seem to be really condensed, would will be uh, quite quite important. And uh, I have to say that I would be an advocate of of Nicky Fitzgerald replacing Enrique in the starting lineup. I just think that that Enrique's form has tailed off quite a lot for me in the last in the last month or so, and and Nicky Fitzgerald is playing. Great football, and and seems to be one of the real danger men for Brisbane. So I, I, mm. you know, not that Ange is listening to this or or consulting me as to how he picks his team, but <laughs> he certainly Fitzgerald will play a role at some stage in in the match, and and usually Enrique is who he comes on for. But I I would almost have him come in the start. Uh, the other the other player who and comes on as a sub is just interject yeah. there. Either either of those players are going to be up against somebody who I think showed at the Premier final. Um, that they're on a quite a uh, upward trajectory in terms of their game. That's Josh Josh, Josh Riston. Yeah, mm. He's he was very impressive. Yeah. He was very impressive, and um, also some of their other younger players, uh, defensive players. So it might be a good move to uh, to, to to bring Fitzy. You know, I think Fitzy's a great little player. Yep. Um, I think one of the things is whether whether Bessart's <coughs> going to be. On song or not? I mean, well, he seems to be very tired. I mean, the 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 rumor was that he was going to be rested from the Ulsan game, but he wanted to play, and um, he, you know, the the talk is that he's he's exhausted. So hopefully, he manages to pick himself up before Sunday and maybe have a bit of a rest between now and Sunday. He's had a cold or something. Yeah, Vukovic seemed to be back at his best too. He he had a bit of a um, a little bit of a wobbly patch, but he seemed to be you know right on. On, uh, on on last week, so yeah. it won't be easy to get the wall, wall past him either. Not at all, not at all. So it's it's it you know it's not a even though Brisbane deserves to be to be to be favourites, it, it is oh, yeah. by no means a, a, a done deal. And uh, you know with a with a packed house at Suncorp, we we are so much looking forward to this game. It is it well, is going to be a be real brilliant. grand final. Though, you know, yeah. it won't be one-sided game. That's no, not 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 at all. So this this is going to be great. We're we're really looking forward to it. And I believe that another extra um, 
uh, member of the back of the net team is going to be up there as well in the press box, Stephen Nguyen. So we're going to have a, f- a couple of reports on the back of the net website after the game. You won't just get the biased hometown version from me. You'll you'll get a, a more uh, neutral version from Stephen as well. So that'll be good. He's a referee when he's not behind the pen. So oh, okay. <laughs> he really will be will be doing it from a neutral perspective. That's no, very neutral perspective. Okay, so we, I want to get uh, just before we go then uh, a prediction for the scoreline for for Sunday's for Sunday's game. What do you think, Chris? Um, I think 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one, to... In, in normal time. To Brisbane. To Brisbane. Okay. Time. Adrian, what do you say? Oh, I'll go 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. To I'm... Brisbane, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm tipping a 3-0 to Brisbane. So we're all we're all tipping Brisbane. But we'll see whether whether we've got any idea or not when we reconvene this pod, um, hopefully in a week or so's time, to have a look at the grand final and perhaps to, to have a look forward at the at the rest of the Asian Champions League. Thank you, as usual, for your contributions, Chris. Fine, that's good. And Adrian. No worries. And uh, thank you for those who are who are listening. And now it's it's a bit hard to know how many people are listening, but I can tell you that we've had about 150 um, listens to the the podcast on our SoundCloud page. And it's a bit hard for me to work out from the iTunes stuff um, how many people have listened to it, but I do know that the uh, the iTunes feed has been accessed a thousand and ninety-eight times, so I don't expect <laughs> wow. that that's a thousand and ninety-eight listeners, but no. that's some sort of um, note that, uh, that, that, <laughs> the, that the 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 feed's being looked at on iTunes. So hopefully, some people are are discovering back of the net on iTunes. If you do discover back of the net on iTunes and have a listen to us, it would really help us if you would rate the show on iTunes because that and and if you leave a review would be even better. But that will help um, us get up the. Uh, the, the, the list a bit and help people find us on iTunes. Okay. Come across, come across the website or the Facebook page and have a look at some of the match reports as well. That'd be Absolutely right. Well. Absolutely right. Thanks for that, Chris. Okay, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks, guys, and good luck on uh, Saturday. Enjoy yourselves in the stands. We will. <laughs> <laughs> don't, forget, don't, don't forget, don't leave the ground until the last whistle's blown. <laughs>